What's happening, friends? Welcome back to the Banker Pippo YouTube channel. I'm Bryce, and this is another episode of Coffee and Kernels, where we talk all about the world of video games, TV shows, movies, and all the glorious things going on within it. We've got yet another show for you today. I believe this is episode 13. Today, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about the King Richard trailer, which came out about a week or so ago. Just got around to seeing it, and I felt a need to put in my thoughts and anticipation for the movie on it. We're going to talk about Free Guy. I'm going to review it, actually. It was a really stellar movie. I'll give you a little preview into that, but I'll give you a full review later on in this episode. Then lastly, we're also going to talk about The Suicide Squad and the big topic that's been going on with it this week, which is why did it not make nearly as much money at the box office as people might have thought, as well as a couple of other random things off the top. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you like videos like these, feel free to like, comment, and subscribe. I sure do appreciate it. Starting off with some random stuff off at the top. Uh, what if the new Marvel series ended up debuting this week on Disney Plus? For those of you who haven't seen it yet, it is up available for your viewing. I believe it's just the first episode. I believe it's the one where it's about uh, Captain Carter. What would have happened if Sharon ended up being Captain America, quote unquote. Uh, full disclosure, I have not seen What If yet, and I'm not even really sure I'm going to watch it. I'm not really into marvel animated stuff me personally but for those of you who might not have known it or for those of you who have seen it and want to start a conversation down in the comments it is out there for your leisure who knows maybe i'll pop it on just to see what it's like if i do i'll give my thoughts on it in another episode but if you have seen the newest episode of what if what have you thought about it so far you know the comment section is let me know one other random thing i saw today and i didn't realize this for those of you who are into playstation specifically playstation 5 i was kind of scrolling through twitter a little bit this morning and i noticed a scruntled gamer saying that ratchet and clank rift apart just kind of randomly disappeared out of nowhere and i thought that was really odd i'm like okay this might just be something wrong with the playstation network the sony store and scrolling through the comments i didn't know this if any of you are watching maybe you can confirm this but i didn't realize that playstation 5 exclusives were one and done meaning that you play through them once and then you have to delete them i have to dig a little bit more into that to see if it's true because me i do not own a ps5 or a playstation i haven't owned a playstation since ps2 and my goodness it was the highlight of my childhood but i find it really strange if this is true that these games are just played through once and you're done it's like somebody somebody in the comment section phrased this really well which was it's a really expensive movie ticket essentially and they're kind of right or a really expensive rental it's like you pay 60 bucks to play through a game once and from what i hear ratchet and clank rift apart's only like six hours so i found it really strange if that is in fact true but so many people in the comment section were pretty much confirming that and it's like just why i never really understood the purpose of that but maybe i'll do a little bit more digging and look into it but for the, my playstation 5 players out there just playstation players in general does it piss you off that PlayStation does that to you? Do they do that to you? Am I mistaken in the information I found? Whatever you think, you know where the comment section is. Let me know. All right, so to kind of kick off this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the King Richard trailer. So let's jump in. So I just got done watching the King Richard trailer that came out a few days ago. Here's what I'm thinking after the trailer. The trailer got me intrigued for this movie. I wouldn't say that it got me super, super pumped, but let me tell you why. First of all, Will Smith. Will Smith has been an icon in the film industry for the last decade plus. The movie looks to be centered around him as Serena and Venus Williams' father, and I'm really actually excited to see how the story is going to be told from it looks like his perspective what i really mean by that 
from what I'm seeing from the trailer, most of the movie seems to be centered around their father, Richard, and basically how he helped Venus and Serena kind of navigate their talent growing up. And to me, that makes for a really, really fascinating story because it's not one that we really see very often. In a lot of movies that we see with famous athletes, a lot of it centers around the athletes themselves, but it never really centers around their support system. And in this case, for King Richard, it seems like it centers around mostly their support system, mainly in the form of their father. And from what I can tell, it looks like Will Smith is going to be getting an excellent or giving an excellent performance in this film. So for those reasons, I'm really, really intrigued. Like I said, the trailer didn't get me like super hyped. Like I got to go see this movie now, but whenever it does debut in November 17th, I believe is when the release date is, I'm certainly going to be lining up and seeing it. But those are just my thoughts on the trailer. My friends, what do you make of the trailer? You know where the comment section is. Let me know. So I forgot to mention this in the intro, but I wanted to actually review the Suicide Squad. So Here's the review for The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn. The Suicide Squad is about a group of supervillains who is recruited by the US government to go ahead and overtake an island which is holding a secret project called Jotunheim. And the squad of villains is known to us as The Suicide Squad. My overall thoughts for this movie, this was a pretty stellar movie. James Gunn sticks to his really unique and creative fun style and it makes the movie in turn fun and engaging. Starting off with what I really enjoyed about this movie, I enjoyed a lot about this movie, including its really fast-paced environment. The movie doesn't waste any time in getting started. Within about the first two to three minutes, you're already into the meat of the movie, which I really, really appreciated. There's nothing worse than taking a lot of time to build to the action. The slow burn in an action film is just not a good idea, and the movie avoids that. Also, this movie has a lot of a great cast and great characters to boot. You got Idris Elba, you got Margot Robbie, you got Joel Kinnaman, you got John Cena, you got Sylvester Stallone, and all the characters that they portray were pretty fantastic in and of themselves too. So when you got great actors combined with great characters, it's a recipe for success and this movie executes that pretty well. In addition, this movie is super creative. James Gunn has a particular style that we've seen in his past projects, including Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, and he continues to use that in this movie, but to an elevated standpoint. And it makes the movie really, really entertaining throughout its entirety. Between the humor, between the action, between the character scenes where things kind of go to a lull a little bit, it's all really entertaining, and I was never bored throughout this movie. And this movie does a really great job of doing something I like to call the meaning in the mundane that I've mentioned in past reviews. Even in moments where not really a whole lot of important things are happening, for example, if they're transporting from one place to another, they're going on a bus ride the movie does a really great job of turning those mundane travel moments into something special and memorable for the movie and for the character's development and backstory. This movie does that in this case, and I really love that. Sticking to that, the execution and the violence in this movie was also done really uniquely and in a really fun way as well. James Gunn did a really interesting job of kind of portraying it in a really positive way, which makes sense because these supervillains crave violence, they crave doing violent things, and when you put that together with joyous emotions that they're experiencing on screen, it makes for a really interesting juxtaposition that totally works for these characters and, like I said, brings you along in for the ride and makes it fun and engaging. Finishing up the super creative side of what I liked about this movie, if nothing else, this movie being different with just James Gunn's style, it made the movie feel so different with these characters to the point where it walked this line of originality. I have never seen a film that has taken a squad of supervillains and turned it into a really positive experience, which is fantastic. 
fantastic. This movie was actually really funny. There were a few moments in this movie where I laughed really, really loudly and the entire theater was also laughing really loudly. And the best part was a lot of these times these moments came at a surprise. For a second, you're just sitting there watching a very serious moment unfold and then you're laughing your ass off three seconds later. I really, really like that about this movie and the fact that it made me actually laugh really loud multiple times is something I haven't really had in a movie in a long time. And it's equally scattered throughout too, so you'll find consistent moments of it spread throughout this two hour plus film. And then we'll transition over to what I didn't like so much about the movie. First of all, the runtime. Now, I wanna put a caveat to this, because like I said earlier, I was never really bored throughout this film, which was true. However, I think there's the movie could have just been a little bit shorter. As we were sort of wrapping up, it was kinda like, all right, let's kinda speed this up a little bit. It felt like the falling action in the movie took a little too long, and it could have just been trimmed down just a little bit. 10, 15 minutes would have been, last would have been perfect. Also, I wasn't really a big fan of the threat that the Suicide Squad faces in this movie. I just had a really hard time buying into it and really caring what they were facing. Facing. Then again, I can see how it makes sense in some cases, but not in others. So it's kind of a toss-up at this point. I think some of you may like the threat that they face, but if you're like me, you might not like it. So just keep your eye out for that. Overall, my friends, if I had to give this movie a score, I'm going to say it's an 8 out of 10. This was a great movie. The movie is very creative and unique in its execution, almost bordering on originality in and of itself. Cats and characters are stellar all the way from Idris Elba to Margot Robbie till Sylvester Stallone. And the movie is really entertaining from its action to its humor to its character development and everything else in between. So my friends, if you're looking for a good movie to watch, go ahead, go ahead and watch this in theaters. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Whether or not you're a DC film fan, whether or not you're a comic book fan, whether or not you're a superhero, supervillain fan, it doesn't matter. No matter what, I think you're in for a good time for this one. All right, my friends, so have you seen The Suicide Squad? If so, what did you think of it? Whatever you thought of it, you know where the comment section is. Let me know. All right, so next up, we're going to jump into the Suicide Squad discussion and its box office results. So to kind of kick off this discussion, I just want to give a bit of a preamble first. The preamble is this. So this discussion is kind of an extension that was introduced by a YouTuber named John Campia. For those of you who don't know who John Campia is, John Campia has been on YouTube for many years now. He talks about movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and a lot of other different topics too, and I follow his show pretty frequently. He made a video a few days ago, which I'll link down in the description below, about the reasons why The Suicide Squad did make as much money about the at the box office as many people would have liked or have thought, and he breaks down some of the reasons why. Now, a lot of the ideas he introduced in that video are going to be present in this discussion as well. The reason being is because I'm basing off some of my own ideas off of his. So this isn't a completely original thing. I just want to be transparent in that regard, saying that some of the ideas that I have originate from John Campia's original ideas. His original ideas, if I'm not mistaken, include the fact that uh, some of his reasons for the Suicide Squad not doing as well in theaters is because of the option for it to be available on streaming, the pandemic, the fact that the Suicide Squad 2016 wasn't that great, and also the general audience's lack of familiarity with the Suicide Squad in general. Those are all his original ideas. Everything else in that video is based off of just me extending that discussion and providing my own input and perspective on it as well. So I just wanna make that clear and I encourage you to apply your input and perspective as I kinda of go through this discussion. So a lot of the ideas originated from John Campia, just wanna make that clear and everything else that I didn't name is basically an extension of that 
and dwelling into some of my own ideas. And like I said, if you want to see John's or all of John's original ideas, I'll link the video down in the description below so you can watch it yourself. And I highly recommend him. He's an awesome content creator. And I've learned a lot from him about the movie industry in general since I've started listening to him. So if you're looking for something different too, he's a great resource to check out. And plus more of on a selfish note, by reiterating some of John's ideas and relaying it in this particular format to to all of you as an audience, it kind of helps me develop more of an understanding about the movie theater industry in general and some of his ideas and why they're present, why they make sense. Because one of the things that I learned throughout my educational career is the fact that by teaching others what you have learned, you increase your own understanding. So this is also an extension of that. So just throwing that out there to continue the discussion overall. It goes down to you guys so you can uh, enhance your understanding of the film industry. So with the preamble out of the way, let's get into the discussion. For those of you who might not know, Suicide Squad on its opening weekend grossed about, let me make sure I get this right, about $26.2 million opening weekend domestically. And for reference, the film's budget is $185 million, estimated of course. And then it's got, I believe, as of the time of this recording, $85, $85 million worldwide total box office. But the biggest conversation around this has been just the $26.2 million opening weekend domestically. Now, why is this such a big deal? Well, let me kind of back up a little bit. Since I've been reviewing movies, talking about movies in an online space and researching the film industry by and large, the one thing that's really fascinated me is how important box office numbers are to the success of a film and to the prospect of making future successful films. Basically, what I've learned is, again, this is another major concept I learned from John Campy about the entire film industry and how it works in general. The majority of the money that a movie makes, the way the industry is set up, is the fact that a lot of the movie is made from ticket prices of going to see movies in theaters. Now, what gets really tricky about, well, I guess not so tricky about this is, obviously, in order for these movie studios, these production companies to get incentivized to make more movies, these billion dollar movies that you see like Avengers Endgame, like you see Joker. There's obviously got to be money to be made and movie theaters are a very big avenue to do that. So without that money, without that profit to really go around there's no incentive to make really great movies, essentially. Everything would, nothing would really hit a movie theater, and movie theaters would probably cease to exist overall. But with that in mind, what happened with The Suicide Squad? The Suicide Squad had a great director in James Gunn, who has directed titles just like this in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. It had a really great cast. Margot Robbie is pretty excellent. Harley Quinn's a really popular character. Idris Elba I thought was great. John Cena was pretty great. Everybody was pretty great in the Suicide Squad. And it's received really high critic praise. I believe it's currently at 91% uh, critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and 83% audience scores. So by and large, a majority of people have liked it. I'd say those are both two very good scores. But why did this movie fail to make a ton of money at the box office? So... After doing a little bit of research, after listening to other pundits kind of talk about it, I started to just kind of ponder it a little bit more. And I think the biggest reason why this movie really failed to make a ton of money 
is due to largely a reason and a half. I'll explain. My main reason for the fact that this movie didn't make a ton of money at the box office was because of the fact that on the same day that it came out in theaters, if you had HBO Max, you could just watch it on HBO Max. Why is that a big deal? So, you have two avenues to watch this movie now, right? You have the avenue of watching it, going to the movie theater and buying a ticket, or you've got the avenue of watching it on streaming. All you need is an HBO Max subscription. You don't need to pay any other fees associated with it. So, option one, say you go to the movie theater, you go and watch the movie, you buy your ticket, and the movie theaters will get the majority of the cut of your ticket price for that movie ticket. So say I go and I spend 10 bucks on a movie ticket to the Suicide Squad, theaters will probably get a large majority, so 950 of that of that dollar amount. I, that's not an official number, just generally speaking, that's about the majority that they get. So $9.50 goes to the studio. Now say a million people go to the movies, well, that money adds up really really quickly now if hbo max if the suicide squad was not on hbo max if i want to go see the movie again i would have to go to the movies and buy another ticket which we does which we do see happen quite a bit me myself i've gone to see the same movie twice in a weekend hell i just did it with free guy i went and saw it friday and saturday night and it wasn't available on hbo max or disney plus or what have you so i had to go and buy another ticket Thus, that's additional money that the production companies get for the movie. It adds to that box office revenue. So, that's what happens with option A. Option B is, say I just stream it on HBO Max, like in the case with Suicide Squad was available the same day. A lot of people, what I'm thinking happened is, they're like, wait... Seeing a movie on the big screen isn't nearly as, as big of a deal to me as it might be to other people. I'll just sit on my couch. I don't got to leave the house. I'll just watch on HBO Max. And you know what happens with the production companies when people don't go to the movie theaters and buy tickets and they just watch on HBO Max? The production company essentially gets nothing because all they really have is your monthly subscription and basically they get no additional money from producing Suicide Squad because they just have your subscription money, which doesn't count toward box office revenue, obviously. So now what's really tricky about this is, so the money that the theaters could have made on you going to the box office has foregone that $9.50, say it was me, say I'd watched on HBO Max instead, that $9.50 from the theaters was probably foregone. I didn't spend that money at the theaters, and I just watched it at home. Now amplify that by a million. Now that's easily 10 million lost on the box office alone because a million people decide to watch it at home rather than go to the theaters. Not saying it's right or wrong because we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'll get to that in a second. I'm just saying the reality of what happens when those decisions are made. Now, to boot this, say that you want to have a screening party at your house. Say you got a big projector. You want to have a huge party. All your friends love Suicide Squad. Say you have 20 people to come over and watch Suicide Squad. Those 20 people now do not have to go to the theater and watch Suicide Squad. They don't have to buy movie tickets because all they had to do was come over to your house for free and watch watch the movie on HBO Max. So now that's not only the theaters losing out on your money, but also your 20 friends who came over to your house and watched it. And that amplifies really quickly. Now say 20 million people did that. 
now we're talking a lot we're talking millions of people who didn't go to the theaters and just watch on hbo max for quote unquote free and that's a lot of money that the theaters lose out on and i think that that's the biggest result as to why things don't happen or not why things don't happen why the movie didn't make as much money as humanly possible because everyone could just watch on hbo max for no additional cost which i don't blame people at all i don't blame people because of the fact that myself let me play out the scenario for you i went and i saw the movie first in theaters because i love going to theaters to see movies i think that is one of the best ways to watch movies distraction free you're in a giant dark room but with the ginormous screen but the next day i wanted to watch the movie again and I thought to myself, well, I had this amazing experience in the theater. I already went and saw it. Why should I pay another $15 to go see it in the movie theater when I can just watch it at home on HBO Max right now? Right now. So you know what I did? I watched it another probably three or four times at home on HBO Max over the weekend. And that's another scenario that happens with option B, which is watching on streaming, is theaters lose out on repeat viewing. So like what I just mentioned earlier with me watching Free Guy twice in a weekend. Free Guy was not available on streaming, so I had no choice but to go to the theaters and watch it twice. But with the Suicide Squad net being available on HBO Max, I did once in the theaters and once at home. But that additional money that they could have made on me watching at home was lost out on because it was available on streaming. So that can really account for a lot of money. Like I said, especially in the case if you have parties and you have friends over and they all watch it and they don't have to go see it in theaters. That's like, that that, that quickly 20Xs, 10Xs, 5Xs, the amount of money that theaters lose out on. Because like I said, picture 20, 20 bucks, 10 bucks a pop for the theaters if they go see it in theaters. And amplify that by 20 million or whatever. That's millions of dollars and it can get into hundreds of millions of dollars that the movies would lose out on by putting it in on streaming another perspective to kind of explore here is fast nine fast nine i don't believe was available out on streaming and it had a pretty successful box office run i think it made actually let me check let me check fast nine box office i am db Okay, so Fast 9 was not available on streaming when it originally came out. It was just only available to be watched in theaters. I didn't go see it. I'm not a Fast and Furious fan personally. I've only seen Fast 5 and I thought it was pretty good, but it just never really appealed to me. Let's see, where is the box office? Ah, okay. So, opening weekend box office for Fast 9 was $70 million domestically. And by the time everything was all said and done worldwide, Fast 9 made $663 million, and it was not available on streaming. Now, I don't want to sit here and, and say for sure whether or not that the prospect of it being available on streaming was the sole reason Suicide Squad did not make nearly as much money as it probably could have. However, I want to cite that as one of the main reasons because it's a big deal it's a big deal as to um what happens when you put things on streaming now one of the things that i always say on this podcast and a lot of my content in general is i actually kind of like it overall when companies decide to give you the option to either go see it in theaters or go see it on streaming because of the fact that I am very pro consumer choice. I think that the more choices you give your customers, they're happier they'll be and the more loyalty they'll give to you. 
and plus to boot that with the pandemic going on it also adds in another mix into the pot and this is where my reason and a half comes in this is the half reason to go with the fact that it was available day and date on hbo max with the pandemic still kind of going on with the delta variant hyping up and or peaking up in a lot of states around the country it makes a lot of sense why people would rather watch it on streaming than in the theaters because people probably don't feel very safe to go to the theaters yet to watch the movie and i don't blame them because you gotta do what's best for you you gotta keep yourself safe as long as you're safe that's all that matters so i think that's another half of a reason why people not nearly as many people went out to the theaters is it's a combination of hbo max is available day and date on hbo max and also the pandemic people are still a little bit apprehensive, a little bit nervous about going out to theaters and watching movies. And when people do that, maybe they've got their whole families with them. That's another thing kind of playing off of this day and date thing and movie theater tickets. Say you've got your whole family that loves the Suicide Squad. So you got a family of five and you guys weren't quite feeling comfortable because of the pandemic and all five of you sat down as a family to watch it on HBO Max. That's five of you that did not have to go to the theaters and spend money on a movie ticket in which these movie companies would get a majority of that money. And instead the five of you um, watched it at home and the theaters didn't make any money off of the movie. So like I said, not saying it's right or wrong. There's only what's best for you and that's really all that matters. But the reality is that lowers the box office or the potential box office that the Suicide Squad could have made, which take that for what you will. It's just really, really interesting to kind of study this and look into it deeper. So those are, I think, my main reasons for why the Suicide Squad was not as successful in the box office as it probably could have been. It was a really great movie. A lot of people have liked it. I myself really, really enjoyed it. A couple of other reasons that kind of crossed my mind and that other pundits have kind of brought up in the space too. Uh, one, the lack of familiarity with a larger audience. A lot of people might not be very familiar with the Suicide Squad. Full disclosure, I'm not like a superhero buff. So I didn't really know anything about the Suicide Squad going into this movie other than the fact that it included the Joker in the previous installment played by Jared Leto. Harley Quinn is a character because I'm into the Batman DC comic book universe kind of thing because i play batman video games i know deadshot was a character i believe will smith played him in the previous one but those are really the only characters i really knew about from the suicide squad other than that i knew nothing about it and to be honest like i was excited to go see the movie but i wasn't like amped for it because i just didn't know anything about it so a lack of familiarity with the larger audience i think plays a role because how many people in the in the general population know a ton about the suicide squad not a whole lot unless you're deep into comic books and into comic book movies so that's another thing people might have just not been interested overall to go see it because of the subject uh, matter which is totally cool everybody's got their uh everybody's got their their niche i guess you could say or niches another reason might be is because of the fact that the previous suicide squad uh, what do you call it the previous suicide squad movie that came out in 2016 i haven't seen it but i know that very few people liked it the critic rating on rotten tomatoes as of this recording was 26 percent with an audience score of 58 percent. that's pretty low by and large i mean a majority of the audience liked it but a vast majority of the critics did not like it and it's very i don't think i've actually met a person who really enjoyed the suicide squad not the suicide suicide squad from 2016 and that could be another reason this could have been really tricky for people to grasp like oh the average audience member might have thought the suicide squad is just a sequel to the previous suicide squad 
and Suicide Squad wasn't that great, so the Suicide Squad, not a whole ton of high hopes for. That could be a reason, but who knows? There could be many other reasons as well. Um, actors changed from the first movie to the second movie. Jared Leto and Will Smith were not in the movie. And I know a lot, I've heard by and large that a lot of people didn't like Jared Leto's Joker. Like I said, I haven't seen Suicide Squad, so I can't speak to that, but... The fact that Jared Leto is a movie star and a very good talent, and he wasn't in the sequel, neither was Will Smith. That probably could have had an effect as well. There's a million other reasons that I'm trying to think of that might have had an effect on why the Suicide Squad wasn't that great. Or maybe a lot of people just didn't like it. Maybe they watched it one time in theaters. Maybe they wanted to go see it a second time and they just didn't like it. Me, myself, I went and I saw it the first time in theaters. And maybe... I liked it a lot, but maybe I didn't like it enough to go see it again in theaters. That could be another thing in the subconscious that could come to mind. Um, so if it was like a masterpiece of a movie, maybe I would have had the incentive to go and watch it again in theaters, which to me is my favorite way of watching movies. But that's another little food for thought. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that, but... Overall, I think I'm going to wrap up this discussion, guys. It's really intriguing to kind of examine this and talk about the Suicide Squad box office and other box office results of movies, just to learn more about the film industry in general. And this is kind of fun, so I'm glad that you guys indulged me in this case and joined me along for the ride. But my friends, what did you think of the Suicide Squad, and why do you think it didn't make a ton of money at the box office? And also, are you a big fan of being able to just watch it on streaming at home the same day? Uh, would you have paid money to see it at home? streaming on the same day kind of like how disney plus does their premiere access whatever you think you know the comment section is let me know next up and to finish off the episode here's my review of free guy free guy free guy stars ryan reynolds who plays a video game character in a video game world and also his name is guy one day guy decides you know what i want to do something different with my life i want to try different things i want to find the love of my life well one day his dream comes true and he meets his dream girl but this is complicated because guy is a video game character and the woman he falls in love with is a person who is playing a video game character and from there on we have our movie. What are my overall thoughts on this movie? I thought this movie was quite good. It was extremely entertaining. Ryan Reynolds felt really natural in his role. The, mu the movie has a lot of charm. It's got a lot of heart to it. And it made for a really, really good time. Not everything really landed for me. Some of the things got overcooked when it comes to how things play out in the real world. For those of you who might not know it, there's like two parts of this movie essentially. There is the part where everything's taking place in the video game, and then there's the part where everything's taking place in the real world, so that's why I make that point. Let's start off with what I didn't like about this movie. Talking about the real world portion of this movie, I thought some of the things were a little bit overcooked, sometimes almost to the point of annoyance. This mainly came in the form of the main villain of this movie, which was Antoine, played by Taika Waititi. For about the first half of the movie, when you get introduced to this character, they, the movie leans way too hard into making him a stereotypical douchebag, and it, like I said, it gets to the point where it almost gets annoying, even his little sidekick that he's got in the movie. They also lean into that way too hard, and it's not like it was really even funny, it was just annoying, overcooked, and it really took me out of the movie for a, a while there. I understand they're supposed to be caricatures of what the real world perceives some of those roles to be, but it, when it gets annoying, it, it, it takes away from the movie for me. Having said that, in the second half of the movie with Antoine, the dialogue and the performance of Taika did really pick it up a lot more, and I appreciated the villain as the movie went on, but for the first half, I was, yeah. And still playing on the real-world aspects of this movie, there are some things that play out in this video game world that have 
almost too dramatic of an impact in the real world to the point where I didn't really buy it. Now granted, as somebody who absolutely loves playing video games and has played video games their whole life, and also video games are the most popular entertainment in the world today, arguably. However, the movie's portrayal of video game impacts on the real world, I think was just a little bit too overplayed. Now getting into what I really enjoyed about this movie, this movie had a lot of heart and charm to it. And kind of playing into that a little bit more, I gotta, I gotta give Ryan Reynolds a ton of credit as Guy. He really carried the movie by and large it's not to say that the other characters or performances were bad it's just ryan reynolds was so good as guy he was really natural he was having you could tell he was having a lot of fun with it and when the actors who are playing these characters are having a ton of fun you as an audience member can't help but also have fun he really portrayed a sense of innocence and purity that just you can really get along with not only that but the morality that his character is given by the writers of this movie it also helps you root for him so he, the guy as a character has everything going for him including ryan Reynolds performance even getting deeper into that the questions that he poses throughout the movie the underlying themes that he brings up also makes him a pioneer which is a really desirable trait and it really gets you as an audience member thinking a little bit whether you're young whether you're old plus I gotta give a little bit of credit to Jodie Comer who plays as Millie she is Ryan Reynolds's love interest in this movie they gelled quite a lot together and I enjoyed their banter also I really enjoyed the characters of Millie and Keys in general too their dynamic in the real world I thought was super interesting their objective their goal is really interesting plus the themes that they bring up throughout the film as well were quite entertaining and also really really high stakes and in a world where video games are huge and the technology behind them is also under scrutiny a lot it just it was really interesting and i thought really relatable i don't want to give too many more details because i want to avoid spoilers but most importantly what i loved about this movie is overall it is just really really entertaining as i just kind of alluded to the goal that these characters are presented with is super interesting really unique and throughout them pursuing this goal themes are brought up that can be relatable to younger audiences audiences that are middle-aged older audiences everybody can find something that they absolutely love in this movie and what this movie also does a really good job of is presenting you these protagonists in such a way that helps you align with their values get really excited to be along with the ride for them and also help you root for them so you can't help but from start to finish want them to succeed they're just really really likable one thing i do want to say though the scale of the overarching goal of this movie might fly over the head of younger audiences a little bit however like i said with so many different themes being brought up in this movie there's something for everybody just be aware going into that not to say that the movie isn't for younger audiences like I said, all audiences can appreciate this movie. Any more than likely will. And adding to the entertainment factor, there's actually a good amount of humor in this movie. There was one moment in particular where my whole theater erupted in laughter, myself included. I just wasn't expecting it when it came up. I I was all oh, I was in tears. It was so funny. <laughs> And of course, with the overall humor of the movie, Ryan Reynolds helped a lot with that because that's just who he is as an actor. That's what a lot of the characters he plays are like. And plus, he gelled really well with his best friend in the movie, whose name is Buddy, played by Lil Rel Howery. Their chemistry, I thought, was pretty entertaining. There's not a whole lot of it in the movie, but when it does happen, it, it's pretty fun to watch. So my friends, if I had to give this movie an overall score, I'm going to say it's an 8 out of 10. This movie was great. There was a lot of heart and charm throughout the movie. Ryan Reynolds' performances was quite outstanding. You can't help but root for the characters and the goals that they posed are super, super 
interesting as well as some of the topics that are relatable to your own lives we can all take away something from that and plus this movie can be so appealing to such a wide audience if parents want to take to their kids to this movie this is perfect for it if you're a teenager and you want to go see this movie it's perfect if you're a middle-aged person and want to go see it, it there's something in this movie for everybody it appeals to such a wide audience despite things being overcooked a little bit in the real world aspects of this movie this movie i will tell you go see it you'll have a great time with it so my friends have you seen free guy if so what did you think of it whatever you think you know where the comment section is let me know all right my friends so this is going to wrap up another episode of coffee and kernels once again thank you so much for joining me for another episode i greatly appreciate it like comment and subscribe if you enjoy videos just like these and want to get in on the fun don't forget to hit that notification bell too so you don't miss an episode once again this has been the banker pippo youtube channel i've been bryce until next time have a great day